Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, double success for Vanuatu Hockey. The finalists are found for the OFC Champions League and a surprise cricketing debut. But first, Fiji are back on top of the World 7 Series after a last gasp try sealed a dramatic cup victory in Singapore. A converted try put Australia in front with a minute to play, but a knock-on from the restart gave Fiji one final chance and they took it, with Elosio Nanduva completing a length of the field effort to seal a dramatic six-point victory. Captain Jerry Tuai was proud of the way his team responded after losing at the Commonwealth Games two weeks earlier. Our main aim this year was the Commonwealth, but it doesn't go away. And our second aim was the World Series. So winning this tournament uh, will boost our morale uh, going to London and uh, Paris. Coach Gareth Baber was full of praise for his players. We're confident in the way that we're playing. We don't play like anybody else, which is, uh, which is a benefit to us because it, and so for other coaches, I don't know, in fact it's difficult to analyse as you stop Fiji playing. But we've got to bear in mind that obviously we've got a target on our back now. Um, we've got to keep playing the way we are at the moment. We've got to look after the players, they've got to look after themselves uh, and then look to, to capitalise on these last two tournaments in, uh, in Paris and London. It's Fiji's third straight title on the World Series following victories in Vancouver and Hong Kong and puts them four points clear of South Africa in the overall standings with two tournaments left to play. Vanuatu Hockey hopes competing at the Youth Olympics will inspire more young people in the country to pick up a stick and give the sport a go. The Vanuatu men's and women's under-18 teams finished runners-up in the Oceania qualifier in Port Moresby at the weekend to earn their place at the Youth Games in Buenos Aires later this year. Women's coach Jean Botel says Vanuatu hosted the previous Oceania qualifiers in Port Vila four years ago, and some of the spectators from that event are now competing for their country. I think it's great to have these um, junior tournaments because a lot of the time we do get focused on the senior kids, and for us, you know, we've got a really strong base of senior kids, and they tend to be going to the same tournaments, the same kids getting to travel and I really it's really great to have these kind of events for up and coming players. I think it really motivates the players. For us, international tournaments is such a motivator to get all the guys coming to training. So um, as much as it's a challenge, it definitely has its benefits. But having these kind of events, Youth Olympics is such a good way to get like a new crop of kids up and playing and, you know, when they get to travel and they see the kind of the opportunities that exist within the sport and it's a really good way to hold them tight for the next few years since we hosted the Youth Olympics back in the last Oceania qualifiers. We had that in Port Villa. And yeah, we saw, you know, we had all the kids come in. We had 10-year-olds come in to watch the games that are now still playing. And some of them, you know, they watched the Youth Olympics four years ago in Villa and now they're competing. Um, they've competed in this one in Port Moresby. So it's a really, I think, a good way for the kids to be able to be involved and kind of see the opportunities that exist and get a new group of athletes you know, having the opportunities to travel. So you went over to Port Moresby, the men's and the women's team, 
and uh, obviously you had you knew those two slots uh, were guaranteed uh, to be available, and uh, obviously uh, a runner-up finish for both teams um, to to make it through to these games in Argentina. Uh, was that the expectation? Was that what you were expecting going over there, or? Uh, well, we knew the spots were open, um, and I think we we're pretty confident that our boys' team uh, would be able to go through because for them, they actually had three slots open out of the four countries, so they had a really good chance to start with. And we, were, you know, the boys—they've been playing really well, and we were really confident that they'd compete. So they compete well. Um, for the girls, while they're, they've done really well, their training has been um, wasn't quite as organised, and we weren't expecting to do quite as well as they did. So they really like. They were really impressive. They really did a lot better. Um, they, you know, they put their heart into it and they played really well. And we weren't quite expecting that they would be qualifying alongside the boys, so it was a pretty good surprise. Had many of your players gone overseas to compete in international competitions before? Um, no, none of them. None of the kids that are in PNG um, had ever travelled before. They'd never been on a plane before. This is their first time overseas, so it was a pretty exciting um, event for them. And then. To be able to tell them at the end of it that they get to now travel, hopefully, you know, as long as everything, all the money comes through and everything, that they'll now be able to travel across to the other side of the world to compete in these Olympics is a pretty exciting prospect for a lot of them. And yeah, first time on a plane, first time often leaving, you know, the island, their island in Afate, and first time for all of them staying away from home. Um, it was quite, you know, a lot of first times, a lot of new experiences for them, but they all did great, you know. It was, they had a great time, and I think they're pretty excited to be able to come home and, and show their family and everyone that supported them that they, they did their best and they came home with a really good result. What did the teams learn from the matches against Australia? Because uh, New Zealand obviously weren't a part of these qualifiers. They've obviously not elected to, to send that team. Australia were there. Um, when it scores of 10, 20, 30 nil, obviously Australia you know, are on a different stratosphere and they're right up there in the global scheme of things. Uh, how do you uh, make sure that they don't get disheartened? Yeah, it's definitely a hard a hard one because they are always going to be a very difficult match. You know, in, in my last six years, I've been on lots of tournaments and we've always played either Australian national teams or even Australia country or New Zealand Maori have bought teams and that kind of thing. And it's always a really tough game. And um, for the young kids, especially for this under-18 team that probably didn't know what they're up against against someone like Australia, you know, they, they don't know that Australia is one of the best hockey countries in the world. They weren't really prepared to for what was about to happen so we had um todd was great you know todd um has a lot of experience in coaching in australia and he came up with a really great strategy that um, made our own scoring system so we kind of said you know kids this is definitely for learning um we're not looking at necessarily the score line on the scoreboard but we made our own scoring system where we gave the kids a point for a tackle um a point for a shot on goal where the australian keeper had to save it five points if we could score a goal and in the end it actually turned out the kids like really enjoyed that system and turned out you know while Australia had 30 points on the board we actually in the end it was like 32 to Vanuatu in terms of our scoring system so it was a really good way that um, the kids could kind of see it as a learning curve and I think they you know they improved against Australia both teams got to play Australia three times they played them twice in the round once in the grand final and you know they learned a lot and they improved across the different games for my poor girls they they were a bit exhausted for the grand final and I've I've literally never seen a group of girls more tired you know <laughs> they were they so they struggled a lot in that grand final but you know they were still stoked to be able to play such a good team and and just to be able to chat to the Australian girls the the girls 
gave us, um, they were really sweet and gifted a whole lot of sticks and shoes to the girls after the game. So there's a really nice like cultural learning and sharing that I think these inter- international tournaments, sometimes you forget that there could be that other element of it, of learning between the other countries. And I think even for the Australian players, you know, I'm not sure if they knew about much about Papua New Guinea or about the countries they're competing against. And it's nice for them to kind of see a different side of international sport that, you know, these kids are still trying. They're obviously a little bit different to the preparations they've had, but um, I think they enjoyed it as well. So six or seven months until the Youth Olympics in Argentina, you've qualified. Now, are you guaranteed to go there? Do you require to get some funding? Uh, Does this qualification open up funding opportunities? Uh, Is there going to be support? From my understanding of it, there is specific funding bodies. So we were supported um, through the International Olympic Committee through our national organising group, BASNOC. They organised the funding to get us to Papua New Guinea. It was it was hard to get it there. You know, it's, it's not as easy as just applying and, and it all flowing through. you still got to really push it to get through. Uh, but it came through and we got there. And so from my understanding, there's a similar pool, which is available to firstly help train. So in the preparation, there's a, there should be a pool of money available to train. And then there should be a second pool of money to get the kids to the Youth Olympics. So uh, I can imagine it's not going to be easy, you know, and it's going to be um, a lot of work into getting that money coming through. But hopefully now that we've seen that, you know, they've they've put their effort into sending these kids to the qualifications, that they see the value in now pushing the funding to come through to get them all the way to Argentina. Yeah, hopefully uh, <laughs> those big bodies of funding will be available in the past and We've done other tournaments such as World League um, and, you know, Junior World Cup qualifiers, trying to organise the funding without a big group of money, such as the International Olympic Committee, is really hard. We really struggled, you know, getting donations from small businesses in Vanuatu, which is like $200 at a time, trying to raise up to five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 is a really, really big challenge. And to get a team, two teams to Argentina is obviously going to be quite a challenge. So hopefully those pools of money are going to be able to open up and, and make sure the kids are able to represent over there. That's Vanuatu women's hockey coach Jean Botel. La Torca Football Club is through to the OFC Champions League final for the first time after beating Marist FC of Solomon Islands 1-0 in Honiara to advance 2-1 on aggregate. Pranil Naidu bagged the winning goal midway through the second half after Marist had failed to clear the ball from danger. Club president Abdul Qadar says it's a huge achievement. Everyone is uh, happy here uh, as we are going into the finals. Uh, it, it has been a hard journey and uh, we are looking forward uh, to the finals uh, which the date has been allocated. Was this something you thought was possible this year, this year to go this far? Yes, that's what our plan was and uh, we did uh, work onto our plan as, uh, as it's coming to the end. Eh? And um, for La Torca to, to be this far, uh, I know there's been a bit of a journey over the last two, three years since Kamal was appointed and does it feel like that plan is working? Yes, yeah, of course, yes, uh, it's working and uh, with the help of our national coach, uh, Mr Christopher Kamal, um, uh, things are all going into the path uh, where we are. Yes, because uh, you've got Christoph Gamal, you've also got uh, Yugendra Dutt, so you've got a lot of experience, uh, not just one coach, you've got quite a big team there that's uh, all supporting each other. Uh, yes, uh, of course, yes. Uh, it's just uh, uh, basically at the moment we have two of them. Uh, Kamal is our head coach and Mr. Christopher, uh, Christopher Gamal is our technical director, advisor, you know. Yeah. Um, 
In terms of qualifications for the OFC's Champions League main draw, I think you know Fiji seems to be one of the most competitive domestic leagues in the Pacific region. There's a, a number of teams over the last few years that have qualified in those one or two slots as it's been from Fiji. So uh, just to get out of the national competition and get into the OFC Champions League, is that quite challenging? Uh, yeah, it's quite challenging. Uh, we were uh, undefeated last year and it all just happens... Uh, uh, we need to plan ourselves how we have to go uh, according to the game plan. And uh, we need to look for the players as well, uh, as uh, which players we need to bring. So, yeah, it's all going uh, it's all going good. And uh, we need to work uh, hard. Uh, I mean, like, we need to focus uh, on the game, uh, which is uh, coming ahead. Uh, uh, as, you, uh, as you know, the team Wellington is a good team. And uh, we will... We will uh, we will go and uh, have our plan as how we will uh, hold uh, Team Wellington. Yeah, Team Wellington, of course, uh, beating Auckland City, who I think it was seven or eight years running, had won the Champions League title. They've lost the last two finals, so you'd imagine that Team Wellington would be thinking, from their point of view, that this is finally going to be their time after two runners-up finishes. Uh, well, yes, uh, just to let you know that when we were preparing uh, for the O-League, we started with uh, Team Wellington, uh, uh, where Team Wellington visited us uh, into our country and we played two warm-up matches with them. But uh, in dispute that, uh, we didn't have our OFC Champions League. And But dispute that, uh, while Team Wellington was here, we didn't have our all uh, players. But I think uh, it, it will be good. Uh, it will be a good uh, final and uh, we really see forward to playing Team Wellington in the final. And of course, uh, the first leg will be in Wellington, which is where I'm calling you from right now. I'll be at the first game uh, uh, next weekend. Um, the return match, of course, will be at Churchill Park in La Torca. So regardless of what happens, ultimately everything is going to be decided on your home, home turf. That's right. Is that uh, is that something that you guys are happy about? Obviously, sometimes. Yeah, of course, yes. Of course, yes. It, uh, we are uh, quite happy that uh, at least the uh, closing ceremony will be held into our country, and it's a uh, history. It's a very big history for the food, uh, Fijian football uh, in Fiji. That's the Latoka FC president Abdul Kadar. Vanuatu cricket coach Shane Dietz has made his international debut at the ripe age of 42. The Australian-born wicketkeeper made his first-class debut 20 years ago for South Australia and originally retired in 2008 after a decade-long career at state level. Dietz has been coaching Vanuatu's national side since 2014, but a rule change late last year means he's now eligible to play for his adopted country. I spoke with him ahead of the team's first match in World Cricket League Division 4 last weekend. Not a lot has changed. I sort of live and play every ball from the sideline anyway, but yeah, it's been a bit of a change for the group and myself to contend with, but it's been on the cards for a few months now, so I've been training as like one of the other players and also do my role as coach. So we had six internal trial games and a, couple, a touring team from Australia came over and played. Did all right in all those, scored over 50 in every game, so sort of had to be picked, I guess. <laughs> we had um, independent selectors, so... Does it feel good to be back out there? Yes, it does. Uh, a lot of time on the physio table. Uh, I say I just had a full hip replacement in September, so that's the that's the only issue. So you know, I wish the tournament was probably about two months away. I would have been re- really on top of things. And what's the reaction been like from the players? Because obviously up until this point, they've only known you as coach. We're, we're a pretty close team, and you know, my style of coaching is 
to be out there and energetic and doing everything anyway. I always did the fitness stuff with the boys anyway. Um, I asked them and they were like, well, we can see benefit for the team if you're involved. Particularly in the practice we had, being out in the middle with the guys and talking about what would you do, what should we do in this scenario, how much we should be, what's our next target, etc. And that's really helped them develop. You say it's been on the cards for a few months. Is it, is it something that just became possible? Is it something you always knew could be possible? Well, they changed the rule from a four-year resident to a three-year resident in October last year. So that's when I all of a sudden become available. And I just had uh, hip replacement surgery in September last year. So it was whether my body would be able to cope with the stresses and the training. So from about December, it was coming pretty good. And then by January, it was feeling really good. So... I had a crack at trying to make the team, and so far, so good. And I know you had a long domestic career in Australia playing uh, state cricket, uh, but it's, it's been a few years, so what, what sort of uh, level of competition, how frequently have you, have you played since? I played a couple of seasons in England. In between, I was coaching a Bangladesh women's team, so just before and after that, I played at one of my old clubs in England. Um, besides that, not a lot of cricket, more so because of my injuries to my hip, but uh, now that's firing in 100%. I'm able to get out there again and practice and train pretty hard with the boys, so I'm feeling really good and in a good headspace, so ready to go. What is it like to come back to you know this sort of level cricket after a long time? And I guess as a proud Australian, you know you, you perhaps didn't think that international cricket would happen ultimately, but to get this opportunity with Vanuatu, a, a country you've moved to, a team that you've obviously started coaching, it's... Uh, um, obviously quite a unique experience. I never really thought about it until they changed the rules. Um, and we've got a great opportunity here in Division 4 to really put Vanuatu on the cricket map. This is the highest we've ever been. And there's a couple of areas that we're probably struggling or our weaknesses is having a, a few senior players. We've got quite a young team. And just having some more experienced players around would help the group. And probably my strengths as a batsman and the way I play is probably a little bit different to the flamboyance of the boys. So I fit in what we required to strengthen the team in 50-over cricket. And T20 cricket, I'm definitely not considering it because I don't think I'd make the team. That's what their strength is. But 50-over cricket and batting longer periods of time and rotating the strike is probably my strength. So... I thought if I could help the team out, I will do so. And so far, it's proved that I might be able to help the team out. So hopefully I can perform and help Vanuatu stay up in Division 4 or even progress to Division 3. And that would be a massive achievement for, for this group of players and for Vanuatu cricket as a whole. And uh, who barks the orders out on the field? Captain uh, or coach? Yeah, Andrew's captain. So he does that. But if I'm wicket keeping, I've got a good view of just the angles and things, so I'll help out in that regard. But from uh, the captain side of thing, Andrew takes over. I just do the off-field stuff still, and then once the captain takes over, I just sit back. I'm just one of the players. That's Vanuatu cricket player coach Shane Dietz. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.